is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of On the Power Play. It is me, your boy Brian, joined by my fantastic co-host, Matthew Fisher, Sans Adam this week again. Like we told you guys, he'll be on sparingly, but he's not going to be on every week. We miss you dearly, Adam. Okay. But always <laughs> good to be joined by Matt. How you doing, buddy? Dude, Memorial Day came and got, came and went, and now it's summer. It's great. Love Dude, May, May came and went, and now it's summer. I, I'm trying to figure out where the back half of winter ended up. I mean, it's the Stanley Cup Finals already. I feel like it May's was slow just October. May. May's slow for me. Because I got my birthday at the beginning of the month, so I'm right. just like, oh, yeah, sweet. And then it's like you get three more weeks till the end of the month, so it kind of right. goes by a little bit slow. Yeah, I have a lot of birthdays um, to celebrate in Ellie's family in uh, – in May, not only is it hers, but it's also her sisters and her mom's. So, lots of lots of stuff in May for me. But uh, how was your Memorial Day weekend, buddy? What'd you end up getting up to? It was good, man. Just chilled around. Uh, was on a golf course a lot. There was caddy and playing. And then when I wasn't, I was chilling by the pool. So it was nice. That's a beautiful a little, thing, right there, man. That's little a color, beautiful thing. Yeah. Um. Hey, did you get a little color? Do you tan? Yeah, I tan pretty well. I tan. I, I have not tan. It's kind of been a little bit rough now that I have like a full time indoors job. Right. But I still tan pretty quickly. Yeah, I cannot for, tan. I spend a lot of time outside usually. For yeah. an Irish and Polish boy. I was gonna say, dude, that that just feels illegal. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you tan so well? Yeah. Um, yeah, I was at a uh, I was at a wedding and then went to the beach on Sunday, which was a really good time. I didn't get the golf, unfortunately. I uh, had some things to do, but as always, just want to uh, you know touch on this subject. I hope everybody had a fantastic Memorial Day weekend. But always good to remember why we celebrate the holiday. Thank you to those that have served, have lost their lives serving, have had family impacts to those who have served or will be serving soon. Um, Thank you to the contributions you've made to the country and uh, thank you to the sacrifices for those that gave everything uh, to move forward here. It's it's Stanley Cup finals time, baby. We got two teams left. The season is winding down. It's going to go mano a mano between the two teams left over from the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll get into those teams uh, probably the last part of the episode because we actually have. A surprising amount of NHL news outside of the Stanley Cup uh, finals. Uh, some teams go. deciding to not wait until after the fact, which, you know, arguably makes sense with the amount of, you know, upper management action going on in the league, the amount of coaching action going on in the league. You, usually you wait for the, the really heavy hitting player stuff to happen after the Stanley Cup finals well into the offseason. But this is usually when that front office and coaching stuff starts he hops in, comes this from the rafters. Motherfucker right here. Jumps on the pod. This all, motherfucker right here. Guys, Ladies and gentlemen, open. Adam's here. We oh. left the door unlocked and he just <laughs> didn't even knock. Did you text it? You didn't text us, did you? No. Did you text Matt? No, hell no. Okay. I didn't say a word. You crazy son of a bitch, you. Mm. Never mind, folks. <laughs> the intro of this episode made no sense at all. Adam is here. Adam, Hello. how you doing, good buddy? 
doing all right. I, I figured, you know, last time I made it on time, I figured I'll surprise you guys way late. <laughs> well, way late, not necessarily. We we started uh, probably what five minutes ago, seven minutes oh, ago. Sick, Matt. Things yeah, right on I mean, we we just got through, we haven't even gotten into any news yet. We just got through the intro. Fashionably late. That's Fashionably how I- late. How was your uh, Memorial Day weekend, buddy? I worked. <laughs> Ooh. All right. We're not going to talk about Adam's weekend. Um, no. Way to be a buzzkill, my guy. No. My Friday um, was fun. I did the baseball the baseball game on the Friday. Yeah. How's that going for you? How's that? Uh, is that fun? Pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. I had a, a good shaky, had a shaky Wednesday where a lot of things happened and I would just, you know, I was doing line score and kind of forgot a few things. I brain farted a little bit, but it was okay. We got there. Uh and then Friday was fine. I did graphics that day. Everything went smoothly, and I got to watch fireworks afterwards. How are you doing at line scoring? Because obviously you not being the biggest baseball guy, like I'm assuming line scoring has to be just bafflingly confusing. It's really not. I was telling Matt this, I think it was like two weeks ago. I have the um, the DAC machine, the Dacatron, whatever the hell yeah. you call it. Um, so literally all I'm doing is pushing strike, ball, out, um if there's a run and a hit i've got to hit that and then i gotta change the batters like the 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 number of the batter that's up at the time otherwise it's not anything crazy so do you um are there like i guess you have to preload the roster to match the button prior to the game no so it's it's even easier than that i pull out actually here hold on one sec i can show you guys something oh we're getting the oh boy we're getting footage. We're getting images. What's he? What's he? Does he have a portable one? What's happening here? Wait a second. Yes. I, ha- I have the actual batting lineup from one of Oh, would you look at that? So I pull one of these bad boys out and I literally just follow along with who's up. And you can see, I clearly don't know what I'm talking about because of how I have my, uh, my, my, my notes. Right. <laughs> that, does that say F U? Or F-O. is that F O for fly, fly out? out? Okay. Fly out. I thought you just really resented that one player. <laughs> who, who was that? Maybe I do. I don't know yet. <laughs> have, you, have you formed any beefs with, with players? I know no. you I know you did I actually the, uh, didn't even talk to them. I know you did the whole chicken dance thing. No, that was tremendous though. But yeah, no, well, oh my god, it's fantastic. You you hold a lot of power, surprisingly. Um, it's true. I too much power, some may say. Well, I'm, that's why I'm saying it's surprising. It's it's very bold of them to trust you with said power. Okay. Um, but hey, we put a lot of faith in you. So, so I was training we, somebody the other day. <laughs> you were training somebody? Yes. Love that. <laughs> Love that energy. Love this. You're just so trusted out of the gate. Um, all right. Let's really. move into some of that hockey news I was alluding mm-hmm. to earlier. We're going to start off with the Pittsburgh Penguins still GM list as they're kind of waiting around for Cal Dubas to make his decision. Uh, here's some uh, news of note coming from the 32 Thoughts podcast. Uh, I believe this is Elliot Friedman here. Quote, the honest answer is there was no final decision, or if there is a final decision, it was made recently and we just haven't heard it yet. Uh, there were some people that still believe that Dubas was leaning towards taking the job. There are other people who heard rumors that Dubas had turned down the job. Um, I... He doesn't, uh, Elliot Freeman, that is, uh, doesn't think that uh, they're going to sit there right now. Either is accurate. I think that he's still going through the process and some of it could be negotiation. I don't want to say yes or no. 
on either side. So it sounds like there has been an offer made to Kyle Dubas. He just has yet to respond. I don't know if the Penguins are the only team in on Kyle Dubas, but I know that they're definitely the hottest pursuer of Kyle Dubas. So I don't know if he's just weighing his options or if he's just really, he might take the year off from being a GM with without sounded and leaving Toronto. It sounded like it was very important to him and his family that he doesn't take that job. Now, whether it was just because it was for the Toronto Maple Leafs or not remains to be seen. But what, what do you boys think about a, the chances that there's already a, um, offer on the table and he just hasn't gotten around to it or B that he might just not be a GM this year might just not take a job until maybe next year. Find hard to believe he's not going to take a job. Right. He's kind of the guy that wants to be in the, in the hall, in the threshold. He wants to be in the group chat of general managers. Cause apparently there's a group chat of general managers. <laughs> I feel like there's gotta, there's gotta be a group chat, right? Um, I think there is. I'm pretty sure I've heard that there actually is one. I think it's got to be the most effective way to uh, to talk to each other. Makes sense to me. Um, I think he wants to respect the Stanley Cup, even though like some teams have it. You know, his former team hasn't really respected the Stanley Cup final. Right. I think it's kind of tradition to let the Stanley Cup final play out and then make your decision. So I think that's just where it is. It's just, eh, enjoy the couple days of quietness. Yeah, I can kind of agree with what you're saying. Uh, he does strike me as a kind of, uh, I mean, we know that he's quite young, but he strikes me as a very old-fashioned kind of, kind of guy where he will not make any sort of moves like this until the Stanley Cup finals are over or until the Stanley Cup playoffs are over. Um I don't think he intended for his negotiations to be as public as uh, Kyle Shanahan decided to make them. But, uh, you know, what are you going to do in that case? Um, But Adam, what do you think? Do you think that he has the offer and is just sitting on it or he's just actually going to take take a break for a year? I I'm kind of in like both camps if that makes sense um i do think the penguins have made an offer and i do think kyle dubas is weighing his options on if he wants to sit out or if he wants to take the deal um i've heard i'm pretty sure it was elliot friedman say on more than one occasion that he's wondering about the ottawa sale and if that ties into kyle dubas's decision at all Ooh, i didn't even think that of would that. be why that would be, I'm not 100% sure, other than, you know, he would stay in Canada. He wouldn't be completely uprooting his family and moving to the States. Yeah, but what would he be trying to buy the team or become their GM? He would be uh, supposedly becoming the GM was the impression I got, um, which is a bit bizarre because I'm pretty sure Dorian is very much employed. But Last I checked... <laughs> I mean, with a, with a new ownership, a lot of things kind of, you know, are, are uncertain. I mean, so, yeah, they, they could just fire sell the entire front office staff if they wanted to. So I that could be something that Dubas is looking at. I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think it's more of 
whether or not he wants to uproot his family and what his family feels about, you know, making a, a move into Pittsburgh and all that. Um, I'm seeing a lot of people from the, the the Leaf fan side of things unhappy at even the thought that Dubis would do it, given the comments Dubis made. It's almost kind of like a, uh, a stab in the back. Some people are taking it. But at the same time, I look at it and I say, well, I mean, the man was fired. It wasn't like it's he fair. chose to left. Yeah. To, left, to leave. If he chose to leave and then took this deal after those comments, I would say, oh, yeah, no, 100%. You guys have an argument. But the man was fired. Like he was willing to stay, and the team pulled the rug out from underneath him at the last, you know, the final hour. So I feel like that you, that sometimes, especially when we're talking about this situation, gets lost in semantics. Like mm-hmm. he didn't leave Toronto, you know he he was fired. Yeah. Um. I mean, they say it was mutual, but I don't know. From Kyle's statement, it did not seem like it was mutual. That's what I mean. You know, it it very much seems like from the beginning, he thought he was being clear with the team that he needed to take time to think about his choice. Toronto apparently was surprised by this, at least even even if Shanahan wasn't surprised by it, it it appears the uh, uh, the majority owners were and they didn't like it. So they let him walk and they wanted to go in a different direction. So uh, definitely interesting that. Their fan base seems, um, excuse me, like they're being betrayed. It pre- he pretty much has free reign to do whatever he wants. Yeah. You know? I also would like to note um, something else that could be playing a role in this is the whole agent investigation that I don't know if we've actually mentioned at all. Um, the NHL was launching an investigation into Kyle Dubas's agent and the possibility of a conflict of interest because – the agent representing Dubis works for the same agency that represents Austin Matthews. Oh, so there was a little bit of speculation that are you um, not allowed to do that? From the way people talk, what you would think, but from what I remember from Elliot Friedman on Thirty Two Thoughts, it's almost kind of commonplace that that's a thing. I feel like it would be hard to because think about I mean, if, especially if you're the GM. You have an entire team and staff. Yeah. Some other staff have representation like that. That could be represented by so many different agencies. Yeah. So, I mean, as long as the way I saw it and the way I still see it, as long as an agent doesn't represent both a player and the player's GM, I don't see a problem. Um, yeah. It's almost like two completely different um, departments at that point if it's you know Kyle Dubas has an agent for himself and the agent's agency represents a bunch of other players like I, I don't see the problem right but yeah. that's something that could be hanging things up a little bit I don't think that's necessarily the case but it is food for thought yeah I mean that's definitely an interesting little wrinkle added to that I just I don't see how that could be pertinent at this at this stage of the game, but hey, if they're going to do that investigation, that's their own prerogative. No, no one's going to stop them from doing that. But uh, definitely going to be interested to see if the the Dubas Penguins thing happens just like immediately after the Stanley Cup final, because then I think our 
inquiries will be answered that he probably had the offer waited just for the finals to kick off and then decided to to sign and make it public um definitely gonna be interesting to see what happens when he does become or could possibly become the um gm of the pittsburgh penguins because right now the penguins are in a weird spot man so right now they're they're gmless as it stands right now uh just uh parting ways with their former gm ron hextall they um did not make the playoffs this year for the first time in what like 16 seasons that's insane absolutely grotesque um and right now they're they're sitting at a, a a pretty 20 million cap space projected right Ooh. now. Um they they can really do a whole hell of a lot if they want to. They're uh restri- they're two restricted free agents um which are arbitration eligible are Drew O'Connor and Ryan Poling. Their UFAs are Josh Archibald, Nick Benino, Danton Heinen, and Jason Zucker. A couple of those guys you're definitely going to want to bring back including Brian Dumlin and Dmitry Kulikov. And Tristan Jari, if they if they would want to, or they might just move forward with Casey DeSmith and see what they can get out there. But the an incoming GM can look at this and kind of like get excited. You 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 have room to move. Yeah, plenty of room to move. Um, I think it just depends on what course the the what course of action the team wants to make, just because of where their core or their, you know, former core, whatever, however you want to go about that, where their current core of Crosby, Malkin, and um, Latang kind of sit in their careers and their and their ages. So uh, what, do, what do you guys think, uh, you know, as far as the Penguins are concerned, say that it does uh, come down to the, uh, the Cal Dubas thing working out, right? What if Cal Dubas does come in here? What kind of moves do you think he could make? Hmm. Also, I think he might get told by upper management to keep pushing, you know, and try and get one more with this old core because, like, they just think that's the easier option rather than just tear it down and see some of your great players play for other teams. Like, Bang, Malkin, or whatever. Um, So I think that he could get told what to do. And I wouldn't be surprised if he comes in and continues to keep them old and uh, shooting for it. The only thing is, if if going into this, they like are honest with him and are like, hey, we want you to do it this way. This is kind of the only way we want you to do it. He did just come from what seemed like an incredibly controlling environment where he didn't get to make a lot of the decisions. I don't know if he's going to be chopping at the bit to just get another job doing the same thing in a different city and now being on the downslope of that. You know what I mean? It's a good yeah. point. Um, Adam, what about you? Do you uh, What kind of decisions do you think the Penguins and maybe Cal Dubas would make in the offseason? Uh, well, I will say I agree with you on the fact that I don't think he would go from the least where he really had, you know, no full control of the team and then move to a a, a job with a similar kind of issue. Because that was the whole hang up, it sounded like, with the Leafs negotiation was he wanted 
full hockey control and Shanahan said, nah, I'm good. You, you will see you later. Right. So if, if that's what the Penguins are offering, I don't think he, he takes it. Um, for the sake of conversation, if, you know, he has full hockey control, I don't really know what he would do because a lot of the contracts I see that I would personally move if I was GM of the Leafs all have no move and no trade clauses attached to them. So he's kind of handcuffed in that regard. Right. I I don't know really what he would do. Uh, what I, I do want to ask is, should Kyle Dubas become the GM of the, the Penguins? Who from the Leafs does he bring over with him? He probably eyes up Mar- uh, Marner fast. Because here's the thing. A lot of people are pointing at him. A lot of fans are trying to blame him for a bunch of shit. Um, and he's going to probably be the most movable for Toronto and the biggest cap um, relief yeah. of one of the the core four, as it were of Austin Matthews, William Nylander, Mitch Marner, and John Tavares. Honestly, you probably should just look back at the John Tavares signing and be like, wow, that was a really bad idea. Um, At that price point, I, I agree. This is a point I've heard on from Steve Dangle on his podcast a few times, and it is one I agree with. These deals were signed with the idea that the cap was going to go up. That's true. Then the world shut down. And the cap did not go up. Exactly. So, like, I see that, and I understand, you know, the need to move people around uh, to try and relieve some cap space. So, I mean, I really don't think the contracts are Dubas's weak spot. I just think they came at a really terrible time. Um, So, I don't know. I, I think, personally, I would be kind of, I think it would be kind of funny if a guy like Jason Spezza joins Dubas as a, a right-hand man, almost like an AGM. Mm-hmm. That would be kind of funny, uh, considering, you know, Spezza was all all Leafs the whole way through, and now he's following Kyle Dubas to Pittsburgh. I think that would be pretty funny. Um, yeah. But on the hockey side of things, I don't know what they do with this squad other than run it back until, you know, Malkin eventually retires or – agrees to waive his no move because there's a lot of money tied up in guys that cannot be moved. Yeah. Yeah. They are in, they a, are old. Yeah. They are not getting younger. That's the oldest sure. team in but, hockey. Yeah. Are yeah. they? Yeah. yeah. That's surprising. And I, I guess you really do have to kind of be like, eh, I guess we have to kind of double down now. What else are we going to do, you know? Uh, so definitely interesting if he does take the job, A, and then B, what moves he decides to make as the GM there in Pittsburgh. I would say the only move he can make is an upgrade of goaltending. I think that and try to get a stud from somewhere. You have a bunch of cap space. Yeah. See what you can pull off, you know? What's the, this is a weak free agency market, isn't it? It is. It is going to be fairly weak. Um. I mean, Patrick Kane, uh, you know, I don't believe he's – he didn't extend his, his – No, he did not. In New York, right? So he's going to be a free agent. But as the Rangers showed you, he's not a, the game changer that he once was. Um, so I don't, know if, I don't know if top five is the right word I would use for this class. 
but um however cap friendly has these free agents laid out mm-hmm. um the top five patrick kane jonathan taves ryan o'reilly vladimir tarasenko and jvr jvr is number one number five. Oh, thank god uh, number one first is of all kane. he's the if if JVR is cracking the top five of free agency group, don't bother I getting think, free agents. Don't do it. They're not worth I it. I think it's because, yeah, Cap Friendly has this um, sorted by cap hit. So really, JVR oh, okay. tied, tied with three other players with his seven mil. I thought, I thought they were ranking this as like quality of player. And I was going to say there's no free agents worth it this year if he's number five. If I sort by mm-hmm. points on the season – Top five becomes Alex Kalorn, Patrice Bergeron, Patrick Kane, Max Domi, and David Krejci. Honorable Domi's Ma- worth J- it on that list. Domi's definitely worth it. Oh, absolutely. I, I, if I'm Dallas, I'm keeping Domi. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, but we'll we'll get to Dallas uh, later in the episode here to keep moving oh, forward. Though I was hoping I nailed the uh, the segue, and I don't know. Yeah, what talking it was about. it was close to nailing the segue. We're getting to it later. <laughs> Um, but Mark sensible the Maple Leafs a little bit here. Uh, they have hired their GM of the future in uh, ex Flames boss Brad Tree Living. Uh, the 53 year old inherits a team ahead of the summer with plenty of key decisions to be made. Uh, so this was in the presser. Uh, Brandon Shanahan said, "Quote: Brad brings a wealth of knowledge from his years of experience. He has earned tremendous respect amongst his peers." through his years in the NHL and has built excellent relationships at all levels within the game. Um, So in his, uh, in his time as a GM, um, he has, let me see here. Goodness gracious. Where's his stuff? Um, All right. So Calgary during the regular season went 362, 265 and 73 in the regular season under tree livings, uh, regime. Uh, he was also the co-GM of Canada's gold medal entry at the 2016 Men's World Champions in Russia. Also co-founded the Western Professional Hockey League in 1996 and served as the league's vice president and director of hockey operations. He helped with the merger of the WPHL and the Central Hockey League in 2001 and was named the CHL president as position he held for seven years before joining the Coyotes. Um, and despite those departures of Goudreau and Kachuk, the Flames looked like contenders on paper ahead of the 2022-2023 season, um, which is probably why he ended up getting canned a little bit, to be frank. But um, look, Bradtree Living, now the boss in Toronto. He's got a lot on his plate, a whole lot on his plate. He's got no cap space. He has a core four that Brandon Shanahan and the majority owners want to see stay there intact. Uh, And he's got a head coach that he's going to have to decide if he wants to keep or wants to get rid of. Um, so if you guys are Brad Tree Living, what is the very first move you make for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Clear cap space. Got it, right? You gotta you gotta start clearing some people out of there. Right. It it would probably start with, you know, a top dog, one of the core four, right? You hear I mean, do you jump do you jump at that immediately? You know? Well, I mean it's either it's first thing you do is kind of let some players walk, like Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly, let him walk. He's the one I bring back. <laughs> you bring, you bring back. back O'Reilly. Oh, absolutely, man. 
I could see that. He's, I mean, it, it hasn't worked for them in the past, but he was the the playoff vet that I feel like they kind of needed, and I, I don't know. To me, he he's the one guy I bring back. I know it's a probably going to cost you a lot, and he probably doesn't want to stay, but uh, I don't know. Personally, I bring O'Reilly back. I I kind of lean to agree with you here. Um. Yeah, looking at their looking at their roster as it stands right now, they have a projected cap space of nine point one mil, um, and so they can use that money. Here are their UFAs. Uh, they I was say don't read these have off. many RFAs. Um, I would say, Bing, read these names off, and me and Fish say if we sign or or let them walk. Okay, yeah, yeah. Here, here, your pending UFAs. Um, for the Toronto Maple Leafs moving into the season. Number one, Nola Chari. Keep him. Matt, what's that? Let him walk. You let Nola Chari walk. That was a tough one, but... That's tough. I think I keep him. If your plan, to me, if your plan is to get rid of one of the core four, you have to re-sign Nola Chari. Yeah. So are we, are we moving forward in this, assuming that we are not getting rid of one of the core four? Sure, why not? Okay. So. That does that does change answers. That does change answers. Um, Zach Aston Reese. Walk. I keep. Really? Keep. Yeah. So you. Okay. Hold on now. <laughs> I got. I got to do. I got to do. I got to do the math. I got to do the what? Getting rid of Nolachari. What did he do this last year? Let's see here. Um. 77 games played, 14 goals, 9 assists for 23 points, and a minus 4. Okay, and then Zach Aston Reese. Still a lot of Penguins pictures on Google for Zach Aston Reese. Um, <laughs> 77 games, 10 goals, 4 assists, 14 points, and minus 6. Oh my god, the same player. That's why I, I kept one and let the other one. Well, you got to keep, I mean, you can't keep them both. That's just a waste. Um, and I, I Myself, personally, I think Achari is the better player. Yeah, Zach Aston Reese is younger, though, by three years. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I don't know. Mm. Achari speaks more to me. Yeah, I kind of lean with Achari as well. Uh, I mean, 31 is not like, dude's not ancient, you know. Um, all right, Interesting. Michael Bunting, the 27th left wing. Walk. Tend to let walk. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you, as far as I'm concerned. That's, yeah, let him walk. It well, sucks, too, because he's not a bad player. It's just, no. he's he's Nazem Kadri-esque, but I think he's worse. Yeah, but he was the bunt <laughs> yeah. of, uh, of, of a lot of Toronto fans, uh, displeasure as to how the team was playing. It seemed like he was always being pointed out for whatever reason. Um, David Kampf. Walk. Let him walk. I bring him back. I say walk because I bring back the guy I'm about to list. Um, in Alexander Kerfoot. Because I think I let him walk. Really? I bring back Kerfoot. I'll bring him back. Yeah. Ooh. 
It's another example of let one go, let one stay type of deal, you know? Mm. Actually, you know what? I'll, I'll change. Because of who I see is coming up, I'll, I'll let Camp well, You weren't allowed to look All right. at him. What do you? I, I'm looking at the same Wait. thing you're looking at. I just cheating. didn't realize the order. Guys, cheating. Dude's Always. cheating now here. Man. Always. Absolutely crazy. All righty. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, I believe we've all kind of assumed said, walk on this one. I was going to bring him back. Okay, yeah, I forgot you're bringing him back. I'm letting him walk. That's why I'm changing camp for walk and Kerr for, for stay. Okay. That's okay. my center. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and then last of the forwards, Wayne Simmons. I feel like that one's I he I think he's retiring to be to be honest. The I would, I would still old. just for the sake, I'd say walk. Yeah. Never yeah. Um three defensemen that are UFAs, Eric Gustafson. Yeah. Walk. Man, when he was a flyer, he was bad. Yeah. He was, he was real bad. Yeah. Um I let him I also let him walk. See you later, big guy. He had a pretty good year. Yeah, but like, it's been kind of been kind of proven that you know, actually, very up and down. He's gonna stay for me. That's crazy. crazy. We'll see why in a second. Uh, Justin Hall, I believe he was. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he really played much of a role. Walk for me, absolutely walk. Matt, you bringing the kid back? Heck no. That's what I thought. That's what not, I thought. Not, and then and then Luke Shen. He's staying. I he you gotta resign Luke Shen. Stay. Not for a big deal, but just no, you know. and I don't even know if he would take a or I, I wouldn't shouldn't say he would take a big deal, but I don't think he would ask for one. I feel like he's the kind of guy if he wants to stay, um, he'd be willing to take a bit of a a discount to, to make things work. Sure, and I I think that's true. I think he likes where he where he's at in Toronto there. So that'd be that'd be interesting to see. Um, two uh, I guess um one RFA of note is Ilya Samsonov. Um, he is arbitration eligible. Um, I think he's just going to stay. I think they're going to keep him too. I don't know how much faith they have in Joseph Wall right now. I um, think they have more faith in him than they do Matt Murray, and I think he's one of the first things. If I'm tree living, I'm trying to move. I understand. Yeah, but he's got that no trade clause, man. Ten team list. So I mean, you say, "Hey, Matt, give me that list." Well, especially when you got a new new boss coming in, I think everybody's a bit more receptive to hearing like, "Hey, we kind of want to move on from you, but we want to do you right." Where do you want to go? Yeah. And we'll see if we can make it work. I think when like a new GM and there's new ownership, I think guys are more receptive because they know it's like, oh, I mean, I'm I was not this person's guy. I'd rather him put me in a situation I'd like to be in in a place that wants me. You know how what, he's got one year left. Uh, no, is, he he is a uh, RFA. I'm talking. Um, I'm talking uh, Matt Murray. Oh, Matthew Murray. Let's see here. Uh, he's got one year left. And he's a he's a UFA in 2024, 2025. I want to see. I don't know why Cap Friendly will just give me this man's shit. So I want to see if it's a good idea. Right. I'm out. Hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, it could. Um, I think they'll walk. I think they'll get rid of Matt Murray. 
I don't know. Well, I think they'll definitely see what happens after this season. I think they'll keep him for for this incoming year. Um just cuz of the, you know, the 10 team no no trade list, but okay. Um, so if the Leafs buy him out, right. It would cost them like they would have to pay 2.6 million to buy him out. Right. The cap hit would be 607,000 uh, $687,000. For for the twenty twenty three season and the next season, it's a two million dollar cap hit. Golly, okay. I'm not gonna lie to you. I might look into doing that. I mean, I don't see why not, right? I I think I would do it, especially if I'm. If I'm tree living and I'm looking at moving one of the core four and I'm I'm still looking at and Lee fans can, you know, attack me all they want. William Nylander seems to me to be the guy that gets traded simply because it's the nicer of the, the, the four evils. Yeah, it's the it's the fourth guy, right? William Nylander. He's got a, a six point nine million dollar cap hit. Um the age isn't really a problem. You don't have to worry about... I mean, you'll have to worry about re-signing him, but the cap hit that you're going to get him on now is nice, uh, and you should get a really good return for him. The downside is that you're not going to get someone that's going to replace him, most likely. Right. Um. But, I mean, if you trade any of the four, with maybe the exception of John Tavares, who we know isn't getting traded, you don't win any of these trades really unless tree living pulls another Huberto-esque deal, which I don't know how he would do that with the Leafs. I don't even yeah, know. What wild. Deal, I don't even know what a deal like that would look like right now. Juicy. It would look juicy is what it would. True. Um, but yeah, I mean, Toronto's definitely in a weird spot. So um going to be interesting to see where Brad tree living goes moving forward here uh, to keep on chugging. The Washington capitals have named their head coach in Spencer Carberry, GM, Brian McLennan, uh, McClellan and Carberry will be available to the media on Thursday. Um, Carberry, who is 41 years old, becomes the 20th head coach in capitals franchise history. Um, he has uh, been spending the last two seasons as the assistant coach with the Maple Leafs. With Toronto, Carberry was responsible for the team's power play and oversaw the team's forwards. In his first season with the club, um, he had a power a power play percentage of um, 27.3. And then uh, over two full seasons in Toronto, converted 26.6% of their power play opportunities, the second highest rate in the league during this span. Um, I mean, I don't know a whole lot about the guy. I don't know if you two do. No, yeah. So, hey, Capitals got a new head coach. Seems like some fresh blood here. Interested to see where that goes. Um, I he, heard he was very popular. Seemed like I also was, heard he was very popular. Going for him. Yeah. Uh, opposite of Pierre I heard he was one of their top guys, if not their top guy. Um. So, interested. I, I believe he was the head coach of the Hershey Bears for a couple seasons. 
Probably. So I think he's been in the organization before, and that's why he was one of the organization's top top choices. Um, but you know, definitely gonna be interesting to see just because I don't know a whole lot about him. I know much about his coaching style, but I do always kind of enjoy fresh blood in the in the league as far mm-hmm. as head coaching is concerned. So interested to see what happens with uh with uh, Carberry here. Uh, another head coaching move has been made too. Um that's two in a week, which is kind of big. Ooh. Uh the Predators name Andrew Brunette as their head coach, uh replacing the head coach that was in Nashville and John Hines. But obviously we know that Barry Trotz was, you know, brought in as the new GM. So obviously he was gonna make a call like that and he chose to go for a different guy. Um, we have a quote from Trotz here. It says, quote, when I look at our roster and those in our system, we have a lot of fast skilled players, and we will likely select more of those types of players in this year's draft. We want to become more of an offensive team, and Andrew specializes on that side of the ice. He lived it as a player, and he coaches it as a coach. Um, makes sense to me. Um, I think uh, he's been a uh, 20, he spent 25 years as a player, coach, and front office member in the NHL. So apparently he's been around. Uh, he was serving as the New Jersey Devils um, associate coach. I'm not quite sure what an associate coach is. Um, I think it's like an assistant. Yeah. If Chell has taught me anything. Yeah, I mean, Chell's, Chell's going to chill, right? Um, <laughs> what do you guys think about these head coaching uh, moves for uh, both the Capitals oh, and the Predators? Well, I think uh, the Capitals kind of wanted a guy who will let the players do the thing. Unlike Pure Live, realize he's kind of more structured. Um, and Burnett, I mean, he, you know, took over the Florida Panthers gig at the Quinville, got canned, kind of seen more of like a, another, another player's coach. What was he assistant coach for the Devils this year? Um, yeah, associate coach, whatever. Associate, yes. Whatever that means. Yeah. So he's basically Jack Hughes' ear. So he's trying to uh, be an offensive coach. Um, might take some time, but they got they Trotch thinks they got their guy for over the average. I mean, the average for head coaches three and a half, four years, right? So yeah, usually. Expect, I think they're expecting him to be longer. Yeah, I mean, definitely probably uh, the expectation moving forward for him. Um, he's been around the league uh, a long time and um, has been with some successful franchises. So definitely interested to see what happens there. Um, Adam, what about so, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I was looking to see, A, if I could find what an associate coach was. And I have that, but I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Exciting. Um, I didn't realize that he was the the, the coach – for the Panthers when they won the President's Trophy, which, I mean, you could chalk that up to the Panthers just being a really good team. But to come in at a time that he did and the team still do really well, I think kind of speaks to his coaching ability. And I think the reason that he took the associate role was because there just wasn't a coaching gig around for him to take. Right. So I think Nashville is going to have a pretty good coach on their hands. Time will tell. Of course, but I think it's with the the small sample size that we got. I, I'm expecting some pretty good things, especially when you consider where the Devils got with him as the associate coach. Um, 
And now on to what an associate coach is, because I love how it's written on hockeyskillstraining.com. I have no idea how old this article is. That sounds like an old website. <laughs> I mean, they have a copyright for 2023, so this is still up to date. Um, but I love the opening line. It is a fine line that separates assistant and associate coaches in the NHL and a little bit of semantics as well. All associate coaches are assistant coaches, but not all assistant coaches are associate coaches, if that makes sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't make sense. None of that makes sense. But to, to get to the actual meat of it, in terms of the coaching hier- hierarchy, associate coaches are one step above a normal assistant coach and one step below a head coach. This gives them quite a bit of power, and if the team designates an associate coach, it does make them the true second in command in the locker room. So they, they would be like, if the head coach isn't available, this guy is going to step in as the the head coach. Um, if a head coach is fired mid-season and the organization is not interested in fulfilling the vacancy with an outsider, the associate coach is generally the one that fills in as interim head coach for the remainder of the season. Um Whereas assistant coaches are usually the ones that uh, help the head coach draw up strategies, game plans, et cetera, et cetera. Well, all right then. So they're a uh, strange limbo coach. They're basically like the assistant coach or the assistant GM of coaching, if you think about it. Well, how about that? You learn something new every day. Well, I guess, by would they be the assistant GM or would they be the president of hockey? the that's fair no i feel like they they if we're using them both as gms this analogy i believe assistant gm would work now if we're using them as presidents of hockey operations this analogy i believe there'd be an assistant prez you know what i'm saying or vice prez as it were mm. i don't know i don't like this though yeah, it just gets confusing when you use words. I agree. So let's basically, keep on chugging, baby. Basically, they have two coaches if you name an associate coach. As well. Yeah, basically. You, yeah, you get basically two head a coaches. second head coach is what I'm hearing. Um, let's keep moving forward here. Our last little bit before we talk about the Stanley Cup Finals Ooh. is the team that is the most recent to leave the Stanley Cup Finals. Last week, we talked about the Carolina Hurricanes and their uh, lack of success against the Florida Panthers, getting the sweep job. Um, but let's talk about the Dallas Stars and where they're going to go from here as they have lost to the Vegas Golden Knights in six games uh, in pretty depressing fashion in game six, losing 4 nothing, uh in what appeared to be... Six. Oh, 6-0. Six, 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 right? Was it 6-0? Yeah, the last game. Yeah, it was six yeah. nothing. Six nothing. Sorry, um, I think I stopped watching at four nothing. I think that's when I I turned the TV off. But uh, that's yeah, it, I mean, six nothing in a game six situation. You would you would like for there to be a little bit more fight in your team, right? But it just wasn't there for Dallas, and it was pretty brutal um but i you have to go into an offseason right and the team did have some 
points to take away from this season. Some some positives, uh, to to be sure. Um, so let's let's kind of like take an overarching look at where the Dallas Stars are, what kind of things they can do in the offseason to not have this situation happen to them again because they're a good team, man. They've been a good team for handful of years now. Um, they they probably could have made it to the Stanley Cup finals. I think they had enough power in this lineup to do that, and it just it met the wall that is the Vegas Golden Knights, who just kind of proved to be the better team, I think. But um, what's your guys' first reaction to the Dallas loss in Game 6, the loss in the series? Did you think this was going to happen uh, riding on the wall, or what, what was your first reaction initially to this? Um, I was surprised by uh, Ottinger, how inconsistent he was. Right. I mean, for for times he looked like just just an absolute one of the best goalies, and then then he just got lit up like Chris like Christmas tree the night before Christmas. Like it was it was kind of a tale of two goalies, and it's like you need to get more consistency from your net miner, especially a guy who they they. They relied on him. I mean, he would get lit up. They put him right back in, and for the most part, he would get his act together. But like, the inconsistency just cost him. Um, I was surprised for how great they played. Uh, like Rupe Hints and like you know Robertson, their their young players, how kind of quiet they were in the last game. Even like the, yeah, especially most, last game. most of the playoffs they've been quiet. At least Roberts Robertson's been pretty quiet all all playoffs. Well, Matt, you always say your star players have to be your star players, right? But like Rupe Hints was one of not not just their star players, one of the best players in the playoffs, right? Like, and then that just kind of disappeared on them. Um, kind of surprising too, how Jamie Ben. You know, get suspended. They win the two games, get them back, and they just look like a completely different team. Yeah, I think there's got to be something that you take note in that for, right? I said it to myself when, you know, they they won the two games. I had been asking myself the question going into game six, do they play Jamie Ben? And personally, I said to myself, I don't think I do. I think I bench him for game six. The only problem is, is he's your captain. And how bad does that look? I could care less if sure. getting results. Right. Like I, like, I understood, you know, the whole idea that, you know, he's the captain. He's, he's the guy, he's Jamie Ben. But when you look, I even looked at it, I think last night and looked at the hard numbers. He did nothing. All series. Right. I mean, you're correct. He did absolutely fucking nothing. All and also, yeah, in fact, hindered the team by getting the suspension. No, he didn't because that. Game well, yeah, I guess. Went... Sure. <laughs> something <laughs> there, there's something there, in my opinion, just on the outside looking in, that if your captain gets suspended for two games, and this team that was about to get swept wins two in a row in, I think, pretty solid fashion, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, they were kind of close, but it, it was almost, you know, like, oh, hey, Dallas is going to make a run here. 
and then the cap uh, the the captain comes back and now all of a sudden you're dropping a six nothing series ender there's yeah. something there i'll give you the fact that jamie ben i don't think was on the ice for all six goals i don't even know if he was on the ice for one of them because i don't think he he was a minus um but he he provided nothing to them other than in my opinion the loss and it went so far that i decided on our twitter to put up uh the first tweet I put up was watching the, the Vegas-Dallas game six and wondering if Jamie Benn should have been set out, which, you know, I didn't get much. I got 125 views on that, which I thought was Oh, there you crazy. go. That's a, look, it's a fair and, argument. And then I put out, you know, a poll and asked, should Jamie Benn be in the lineup tonight? 15 votes, 73% no. Yeah. I mean, stands to reason. It really does. Um just because you get those two wins with him out of the lineup, but he's your captain. Like that's just, that's just, that's hard to pull trigger on there. It's keeping your captain set. I mean, not for nothing. I would do it just to kind of send a message to him. Like, Hey, you know, don't, don't do your shit. You, you, you the league punished you. Now I'm going to punish you kind of thing that's kind of how i looked at it but again as as the coach if i was in that situation i I would have benched him because i'm looking for results and i got better results with him off the ice than i did with him on the ice right and that would be my argument had i lost with jamie ben on the bench yeah and that's that's fair i i played the odds and i lost which i mean i guess DeBoer could argue the same thing with the actual result but like I don't know, I feel like playing him is a more egregious look at what the situation was than not playing him. If that makes sense. No, yeah, that that makes perfect sense. But then with this new wrinkle, right? Do they move on from Jamie Ben? Um, I wouldn't in, go in that off season. I wouldn't go that far because I mean, then you start looking at like, well, oh, well, then do they move on from Jay Gottinger because he had a bad a bad series? Do you you move on from? Jason Robertson because he had a bad playoff. Like I, I think it's just you know the main difference between those two comparison though is Jason Robertson's twenty three years old and Jake Andre that's fair twenty four years old. That's fair. Jamie Jamie Ben is thirty three with two two more years left on his deal, which would take him to thirty five. Is there an argument to be made that they need to move on from Jamie Ben? Matt, what do you think? Good point. Very good point. And there be teams who are kind of young, looking for a leader that would take him on. He does have a no move. Just you know, for, yeah, for, the no, the no move is not helpful. That's for sure. And this isn't a, a buyout situation either. Yeah, I mean, you, you keep him or you you hope he waves. I don't know if there's a team he would be willing to wave for. Hmm. Yeah, he's he's staying. No question. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. It or, I mean, he he could do what some players have been doing, and an injury just kind of crops up that keeps him out for for the season. I don't. I don't know. He doesn't strike me as the kind of player. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't strike me unless they convince him. 
Well, then the next question for you, gents, uh, for me, that is, is if you're the Dallas Stars, what's your move in the offseason here? You have enough cap space. Their projected cap space is uh, 7.3. You have enough cap space to basically run it back, for lack of a better terminology. Um, you could sign all these pending free agents that you have. It's nobody uh, really game-changing. The one I think that's the most important is Max Domi. Agreed. Got to bring him back for sure. Uh, probably going to want to bring back Dad Nov and Glenn Denning and probably Kivy Ranta. You bring back Dad Nov, though? That's a fair point. 34? Like, if we're saying I got how old he was. I got a name, boys. Oh. Uh, all right, GM to... Matt Fisher here. It's All gonna right. t- it's gonna tickle your tummy there, Adam. Oh no, Eric Carlson. Ooh, why? You get that, <laughs> that point production on their back end, along with the stud they have already on defense. I mean, I think it makes sense, especially if you're considering if you're a team that's saying go for it, go for it, go for it. Yeah. I mean, you need you need a point production, especially from your back end. Who here are my questions for you? Who do you give up for one? A big a big amount, buddy. Big yeah. Amount. Yeah. Very large, to say the least. Uh and then two, do you take the risk? On Eric Carlson, because I mean, for all I, I mean, I'm saying this as a Sharks fan who doesn't want to see this be a flash in the pan. But what if this was a flash in the pan season? I mean, he, over his career, it's definitely not a flash in the pan. I mean, he's had highs and lows, but is this a contract year for him? No, mm. Carlson. No, I think he's. What's he making now? Uh, hold on, I'm pulling it up. Eleven point five for the next yowzas. One, two, three, four seasons. Trade second. Plus he has a no move. No. I feel like mm, I look if he's if he's being traded to a contender like Dallas, I feel like he waves it. I I don't question that he waves it if he's going to a contender. I question what the return is because the Sharks are going to have to retain. I'm almost certain. They're going to have to. Because, uh, I mean, I don't think Jamie Benn or Tyler Sagan wave their no moves to go to San Jose. I don't think that happens. Oh, right. I forgot they had no moves. So, I Ooh. mean. Um, all right, oh, so my. Now, oh, no. Now you've got the people's GM putting his goddamn hat and coat on, trying to work out a trade here. Jesus Christ. He's got a coat, too. Always, man. Always, it's it's kind of crazy looking. I'll show you know, you. the the more you look at the way they have these contracts set up, the worse it looks. I kind of forgot to look at the terms part of the guy. <laughs> um, all all pretty much all, I would say, more than seventy five percent of the guys they have under contract have no move clauses. Yeah. So that's I, ridiculous. I really don't know. No one's going to take Rupe Hintz's contract, plus they just resigned him for long term. What about Mason Marchman? But he's got a modified no trade. What about Proveroff? Oh, so now you're trying to get EK. So now we're, we're throwing a third team in this. No, there's I'm saying, team? I'm saying you're trying. Dallas is looking to add. Oh, okay. To make 
make a push for yeah. it. Okay. I think they need yeah. to add on the back end. I agree. Right. But what are you giving up? Well, the Flyers are going to ask for a lot. Exactly. And Not as have, much. They as... don't have a lot to get. They have to ask too many people for permission. Unless they have this completely loaded minor league system that we just don't know about. Um, is there any names? I, there's a, there's a name I recognize that could be something that actually I could see being involved in the deal. Also, funny note: the Stars also have a Matt Murray as a goaltender. I think that's kind of crazy. That is kind of funny. <laughs> but all right, boys, Ivan Provorov to the Stars. Four. A bag of pucks. Definitely not a bag no. of pucks. You need a first round pick for this guy. He's not bad. Uh, they, they do. Okay. So, I mean, all right. GM of the Flyers, Matthew Fisher. Is <laughs> Danny Breer. Oh, don't uh, you uh, sigh uh, at that, boy. <laughs> don't you fucking sigh at that. Uh, here, we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to role play a little bit here, boys, because Fisher's going to be the Flyers GM. I'll be the Stars GM. You're requesting a first-round pick for Ivan Provorov. So if I give you that in 20... Fuck it. I'm going to say 2025 first. And I was just looking at... Wait, so what what would I get? You're going to 2025 first. And and I'm looking at the roster to try to figure out what what players I want to throw into this. And he's figuring out what to give you. 2025 first. Ty DeLandria and prospect Antonio Stranges. For Ivan Provorov. Hmm. Actually, you know what? I'll throw in... If we're doing this trade this year, and I'll throw in a 2024 second. So the full deal, 2025 first, 2024 second, the Landria and Stranges for Ivan Provorov and a third. And if, if you have this year's third, I'll take a third. Or just say no to that. You know, if you're talking about a, a rebuilding team like the Flyers, hard to say you had two players plus two picks for a guy who might want to change the scenery. Hard I feel like I have no Dallas that. Stars. It's really fans. hard to say no to that. I, I feel like I have Dallas Stars fans like kicking down my front door to kill me because of the trade I just proposed. Well, here's the thing though. As a like say like as a Dallas Stars fan, say you can't really be too picky. You need help at the back end. You kind of you have the goaltender of your future in Jake Ottinger. Had tough series there, but you know has been all around fantastic for you. You have great young talent in Jason Robertson, um, you know Mason Marchment, Rupe Hints. You have youth. You have to, Max Domi as long as you resign him. You have youth. You have talent. You have the ability to get back in the situation. You play the right cards. What's going to help you more in the next two seasons to get back to where you were? A or where you want to go? Yeah, a bona fide second line defenseman who has NHL experience and can help your team right now, or these these rookies that don't have NHL experience numbers or anything. Um, what's also- like what's going to help you more now? You kind of have to look at that. So I will say, of note, Landria is an RFA this season, mm-hmm. and he put up 28 points in 82 games. Okay. As a defenseman or forward? Forward. Mm. I did not give up a single defenseman in this 
I feel like I probably should. I don't. It's it's good. That's tough. Uh, obviously, if I'm the Flyers, I take that for sure. Um, I don't know if I offer that if I'm the Stars, unless I'm 100 committed and desperate into getting Ivan Provorov. That means yeah. all my other options have have been tried and failed, and I have nothing left to go get. Um, I just I that's that's tough to give up for. Yeah, you know, not the best the best defenseman out there that you can go get. Yeah, because also Proby's more of an offensive defenseman than a defensive defenseman. I don't know if Dallas really needs offense. And if it's if it's if he's your best defenseman on the line that he's on, it's gonna go poorly. I don't think he would be. Well, actually, I don't think I don't think he would be looking at you know what the what the line pairings would be, but like if you put him out there with Ryan Suter, that line's going to struggle horrendously. I was looking at putting him with with Sutter. I was also thinking about putting him with Heiskanen. I mean, you could. Heiskanen, kind of top Heiskanen, heavy. Yeah, that's what I was like. I'm not sure, and he's not a, a bottom six guy. Well, I guess it'd be bottom <laughs> three for a defenseman, but. Um. Are yeah, you, definitely. They seem defensive, like crushed. They about how many are here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They've got eight defensemen. Yeah, playing the cap fight. One of they have to resign, maybe, and I don't think they will. I feel like the microcosm of the of the series, and I think Matt said it best out at the at the beginning is inconsistencies from from good players it's good players playing poorly which happens all yeah. the time in sports and i i feel the need to, to note too i personally don't put any of the blame uh on the the, the 6-0 loss on jake ottinger i think that was a team loss i don't think it really did had much to do with otter um i don't know if i necessarily go as far as saying like oh he was injured and that was part of the problem because uh, he was playing with minor injuries, I saw earlier today. But yeah. I mean, that—that's the playoffs for you. I just think, I think the team in front of Ottinger didn't show up to Game Six, um, and the result was what it was. And yeah, I don't know. For what it's worth, I do think it's a good idea to kind of dabble in the viable backup market because Scott Wedgwood oh, yeah. is not the guy. <laughs> was he not? I thought he was pretty solid. I mean, for the playoffs, I thought he was pretty solid. I mean, he was okay, right? But like Scott Wedgwood is like your career journeyman. He's not someone you kind of want to hitch the the goalie B uh, moniker okay. to, you know. I had it backwards. His playoff numbers were not stellar, but right. his regular season numbers were not too bad. And I mean, you do have him under a one mil deal for one more year. You could, but I would definitely look in the goaltender market to see if you could get a guy that, like, I don't know, is a bit better than Scott Wedgwood. Um, here, here's here's my question: Do you bring back Pete DeBoer with his track record? Yeah, yeah, I feel like you have to, right? For first year, first year there, yeah. Yeah, but here's here's the problem. As someone that has had Pete DeBoer as his head coach, the first year is always great. That's fair. And then it it, it nosedives. So I don't know. I mean, 
I mean, and it was that way in Vegas, too. I mean, it didn't nosedive by any means, but like... Ah, uh, no, didn't it? They they had a second round exit, and then they didn't qualify, and he was fired. Is that not how that went for the board? I thought the Golden Knights haven't missed the playoffs. No, they missed they last missed, year. They missed oh, last right, year. they missed last year. Okay. Hmm. No, that's 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 a very fair assessment in that case. Okay, so DeBoer was hired in 2019-20. I don't know what year or what their fucking playoff appearance was that year. I think that was first round exit. Yeah, because that was the year the the Sharks did the crazy comeback. Yeah. Oh yeah. So 2019-20 was the first round exit. 2020-21 was a conference final exit. That makes sense. 2021-22, they didn't qualify. And now this season, they're heading to the cup final. Hmm. But in those three years... Yeah, no, that, that tracks. Now, I, I do feel like you keep Pete DeBoer uh, just because the season did go well, but definitely interesting to see if this DeBoer path continues in Dallas. Um, definitely something to keep an eye on. I know, I know that, I know that Adam's keeping an eye on it because this is the kind of stuff that keeps him awake at night. Um, True. but that and Joe Pavelski not winning a cup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got to get, got to get him. Tell me how, tell me how all the shark players that were in a, a place to win the cup, all lost. <laughs> all of them fucked up. Brent Burns, Joe Pavelski, Pete the Boar. <laughs> hey, you know, there's another one too. Hey, look the 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 junior flyers find themselves in the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, let's let's move on <laughs> to that part, shall we? Um, we're gonna move forward into our last bit of the episode and talk about the Stanley Cup Finals Ooh. between the Florida Panthers. And the Vegas Golden Knights, gentlemen, we've made it. So, final two teams here. I cannot fucking believe the one of those two teams is the Florida Panthers. What a right? wild run it has been for the Panthers. What a wild way to win game four. Matthew Kachuk, I still don't like you, but that was one hell of a performance just from uh, the hockey, what, just a, someone who watches and enjoys the sport of hockey. What a wild finisher in game four. Uh, what a wild team. This is, I mean, they were the last wild card, right? Um, you know, these things can happen. You can make it into the playoffs, and wild shit can happen. It, it, it's happened in pretty much every sport, maybe other than basketball. Um, but I'll tell you what. They're a fun fucking team to watch, right? Florida Panthers. Oh, my God. Yeah, so much fun to watch. Um. So, what what are your guys' thoughts on those Florida Panthers? How do you how do you think they got here? What do you think their strengths are? What do you think their weaknesses are? What do you think their their main reasons for being here are? Go it's ahead. An and pop opportunistic up. team, like all their big goals happen in like dire moments, like game five when they des when when their backs against up against the wall against Boston, they needed. Big goal in overtime. Got from Matthew Chuck. Fucking. 
And not only that, they got the game tying goal with less than a minute left but from Brandon Montour. Like, fucking, they're just, they're opportunistic. You know, they get a four-overtime goal from Matthew Kachuk. You know, and then the next the next game, and another overtime game winner from Matthew Kachuk. Um, and then they've had the unbelievable performance by Sergei Borowski. They've just been, you know, catching lightning in a bottle. And they the only one who's who's truly believed it was them. Yeah, it, it really never felt like even in the Boston series when they were, you know, everybody kind of had them down and out, they never played like they were defeated. They always, like you said, looked for opportunities, took advantage of the opportunities they were given. And the Boston Bruins gave them way too many opportunities. They capitalized on what seemed like all of them. And then they took that momentum into the next series and they began creating opportunities. I think that was the biggest thing for me in the Carolina series was they created those opportunities in the Carolina series. They, they beat the Canes, you know, they didn't just, you know, they didn't win against the Canes. They beat the Canes and they beat the Canes at their own game, which is, Huge, because I I pretty much thought the Hurricanes were, were world beaters. I was like, ah, they're just destined to be in the finals. And boy, was I wrong. The Panthers yeah. had them at every corner, every word. Uh, Adam, what do you think about the Panthers? What do you think got them here? Why they're being successful? Why they're an incredible success story out of the last wild card? Very hot team. Uh, very hot goaltender. Bobrovsky has been unreal. Um, and I think Matthew Kachuk leading the charge. I think are are all big reasons that they they are where they are, um, especially when you consider they shouldn't be here. Like, right? I really didn't realize it until fairly recently that the only reason they're here is because Pittsburgh forgot how to play hockey. <laughs> right? What happened? Um, but yeah, no, it, it's been an awesome run. Um, I don't personally have them winning the cup but we'll, we'll probably get into that in deep detail in a minute. Yes, yeah, soon soon we will talk about that bold but, choice, by the way. As I listen, it it was a struggle, but I'm sticking with my 1B that that has been with me this whole entire run. Um but you know, I'm loving the run from Florida. Uh there is a part of me that would like to see them win, but see what happens. Right. And they look I kind of love this team, like a like a little bit. The only the only reason I don't oh like this God. team is because of Kachuk. It's just it's just because I don't like the way that he operates on the ice. Um, but he's a great hockey player. Can't take that away from him. And my biggest reason why the Panthers are here is straight up the goaltending. That without Sergei Bobrovsky, they don't make it out of the first round. They lose in that Boston series. Um, right. And even if they don't lose in that Boston series, see, second round, out, gone. They don't beat Toronto. Uh, without the goaltending they're getting from Sergei Bobrovsky, which is fucking wild, they're nowhere even close to being in the situation. So that is my main reason why they find themselves in the position. That's also my main reason why they will probably win the Stanley Cup final. But we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Um, all right, what do you think is their biggest weakness going into the Stanley Cup final? The, the Florida Panthers, if you had to pick a weakness, the one that will be exploited possibly by the Vegas Golden Knights, what would that weakness be? I don't think they got a good penalty kill. Right. 
Yeah, don't have a good penalty kill facing the playoffs best power play. That's a tough combo. You gotta right. stay out of the box, man. Gotta stay and out of the don't, box. And they don't. Yeah. They're they're pretty committed to trying to beat you with speed and checking, and sometimes that checking can get a little bit too much. And then you find yourself in the box against an absolutely killer power play unit. Adam, what about you? I don't honestly know. I'm, I don't see very many weaknesses on this team. I feel like they've got a lot of depth. The one thing I've been saying to myself all playoff is how different is this run if Aaron Ekblad is out injured? It's a weird thing to think about. Considering how bad he was in the regular season, yeah. But also, every time I feel like I've seen the Panthers in the playoffs, he's always been hurt, and they've always been knocked out early. Mm-hmm. It seems like. So I'm wondering, I mean, Bob Roski has 100% been one of the biggest reasons they're here, um, on top of you know the thing that wins you games, the goal scoring. And they're getting goal scoring from just about everybody they should be. But I am wondering what the presence of Aaron Eckblad on that blue line is, you know, is contributing to this. But the biggest weakness is the one that's, I think, starting to show itself now. Time off. Right. How is this long time off going to affect the entire team? How is it going to affect Bob Roski? Because, I mean... They've been saying they enjoy giving him the time off. That's, I think, what they did for most of the regular season. Um, it was give him, you know, the needed rest that he had. But will this be too much rest? Will Rust start the form and will he fall apart? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely, that's one of my uh, big uh, bugaboos, as it were, as to what their <laughs> large weakness could be. Is, the country of origin on that one. Yeah, uh, uh, bugaboo. Uh, no idea. Um, wow. <laughs> but I feel I feel like when it comes to teams that thrive in the playoffs based on momentum and energy, and like they weren't a very good team during regular season, but they just caught this lightning in a bottle in the playoffs. I always err on the side that that bottle will open and leak in the final if they get there if it's a team that catches lightning in the bottle that bottle is likely going to leak in the final of whatever sport it might be and it's always interesting to see how a team can respond to that because some teams overcome it and they just become better versions of themselves and they win and some teams once that bottle starts to crack and leak and and maybe explodes they falter and they also crumble um, and that's going to be one of my biggest um, kind of watching points is how well can they continue the momentum that they've they've garnered? How, like if it were to come down to it and they lose game one, hell, maybe they even lose game two. Can they dig deep enough and battle back? Be interesting to see for sure. Um, all right. We got to talk about the other team, though, right? The Vegas Golden Knights out of the West. This is a team, Matt said, best power play in the playoffs. Goal scoring wonders. They're getting incredible goaltending themselves from a one former San Jose Shark and Aiden Hill. Um, However, there have been some goaltending inconsistencies uh, for this team. Um, So, 
definitely something interesting to 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 look at there especially when you're kind of looking in the net you have Sergei Bobrovsky who has been an absolute uh you know stick in in the net is going nowhere he's he's a wizard um and then you have the Vegas Golden Knights who you know their goaltending has been very good from Aiden Hill as of recent but has been a little up and down um between their goaltenders uh i believe it's um have they used all three in the playoffs uh i think the only one they haven't used is jonathan quick okay so they've used logan thompson Which... Bruce, and Aiden no because thompson thompson hasn't Tom, been back Tom, yet either. thompson hasn't been back right so they had so they had been Jonathan quick right they used three no i think it's just been brossois and aiden hill i'll be damned um, yeah, so Brossois and Hill, two names that you don't expect a team to have in net going into the Stanley Cup final. However, the team's been able to get it done. The rest of the roster is staunch. They play good defense and they can score goals. Uh, what do you guys think is the main reason the Vegas Golden Knights find themselves in the Stanley Cup final? Being able to shut the other team's best players down. I it's mean, impressive, like, right? Let's be real here. They shut down McDavid enough to beat them. They shut down Robertson, Hintz, and a lot of their top-notch players in the conference final to make it to the Stanley Cup final. Um, they're just a, and then they get depth scoring from their third and fourth line. Yeah, I mean, it, the plus team depth feels- scoring. Yeah, this this team feels incredibly deep. And I think the main reason is, and you bring, you bring up a good point there by your little addendum there, is it always feels like it's in the clutch, you know? Like that it's always their depth shows up when the team needs anybody, somebody the most. Um, definitely something that is going to get you into a Stanley Cup final, that's for sure. Um, Adam, what do you think is the main reason that they find themselves here? I just think things are really starting to kind of click. Um, Jack Eichel is, you know, having his playoff coming out party, which is really nice to see considering, you know, what he was unable to really provide in Buffalo for the years that he was there. Um, the goaltending magic is back for Vegas, I think is a big thing. Uh, for whatever reason, this team has had a crazy goaltending history that they just can't stay healthy and they always have great depth between the pipes, which is nice to see. Um, and I, I just think, you know, Vegas was probably, in my opinion, the second best team uh, to win the cup, in my opinion. I mean, you could argue that the Hurricanes were that, but from the very beginning, I had Boston and Vegas as my final. So I, mean, I, I saw something there that I don't know if a lot of people saw. Well, especially because a lot of people were looking at the goaltending situation with Brossois and Hill, and they were like, Ew, I don't know how it's going to go moving into the playoffs. And obviously, the team has seemed to have no issue. Um, I think the biggest uh, reason that they find themselves in this situation is that power play that Matt alluded to, their ability to score. Um, they're just a good goal-scoring team. They can put the puck in the net, and they can keep leads, which is, which is big, uh, especially in the playoffs. So I think that's one of my main reasons, if not the main reason that they find themselves in the Stanley cup final. But now we got to talk about what their negative is. What do you think would be the reason they might lose 
in the Stanley Cup Finals to one hell of a Panthers team. Matthew, go ahead. Injuries. I mean, they lose their goaltender. Who else do they got? Right. Um, I think they don't goaltending needs to, you know, be even keel or slightly better than Bobrovsky. Yeah. It's gonna be hard to do. Yeah. That's um specifically to be better than Bobrovsky thing right now. That's that's huge. Right. Uh, Adam, what do you think? I think injuries is is pretty much the biggest thing. I don't see very many weaknesses, although Vegas, I feel like, does have a tendency to have their goal scoring kind of dry up out of nowhere. I feel like we've seen that a couple times throughout the season, throughout the playoffs, so that would be something I would keep an eye on. But injuries is definitely the biggest red flag I would have for them right now. Yeah, definitely definitely something to to think about, especially in going into a series that is going to be rough. You know, you're going to probably get some, some dinged up guys. Can those guys keep going or are they going to continue to be injured? Um, all right, here it is. Let's wrap this up. What do you can guys ask, got? Who's winning can I, it? Can I ask one question? Sure. Get to this. I guess. If you're the Vegas Golden Knights, do you run out Jonathan quick for game one, just to ensure he gets his name on the cup? Well, he's going to get his name on the cup of garlic. Yeah, he's part no of the team. Nope. The rule is you have to have played 41 games with the championship winning team. So only played 10 for Vegas. And he has to have played one game in the Stanley Cup final. So unless I think there is a rule that the team can elect like special or they can make an argument to get a player's name on the cup. Um, but otherwise, I think under the rule, I don't think he gets his name on the cup. Hmm. He gets a ring, though, doesn't he? I believe he still gets the ring. I just don't think okay. his name goes on. Well, his name's already been on the cup. I mean, it's not like you're, you know, doing him the greatest service of all time, right? One- I, I still think it would be a big no. middle finger to the LA Kings. It would be. It would be. But I feel like the beef doesn't run that deep quite yet. Um, I don't know. I feel like Jonathan Quick would say otherwise. Yeah, well, Jonathan Quick's beef with the, with the LA Kings is much different than the Vegas beef with the LA True. Kings. Um, I wouldn't. No, I don't think I would. I wouldn't run him out until game three at earliest, and that's if Hill Ambrose both just megasonic shit the bed. Um, yeah, so no, it's gonna be no for me, dog. Fair Matt, do you, are you saying yes to this? No way, yeah, no, yeah. No way. Hey, I, tried, I tried. <laughs> um, all right, Panthers, Golden Knights, Stanley Cup finals, seven game series. Who do you guys have? How many games? Come on, man. I know you want to say it. You're going you to say, me it. say it. I know you're going you to say it. You want me to say it? I already know what you're going to say. You know what I'm going to say. I already fucking know what you're going to say. You know what I'm going to say. 100%. 100%. It's funny because I'm not going to say it. I have Vegas in seven. Wow. I think I'm off is it's going to be so detrimental to Florida. I think they're going to they're going to come out with heavy legs. They're going to come out with heavy legs. Dallas has the quick leg. I mean, Vegas has the quick legs. Yeah, they, uh, they've been they've been playing more That's hockey fair. as of recently. It's going to make a big difference. I think Vegas wins game one. Florida wins game two. Vegas wins game three. Vegas wins game four. Florida wins game five. 
Florida wins game six. Vegas wins game seven. Okay. Okay. So just when you thought you knew Matt, you don't. You don't know. You don't know shit. He'll surprise you every time. Vegas and seven. Okay. Vegas Matt. and seven. All right. Matt came to play today. Uh, Adam, what about you? Winner and games. Matt, I'm going to price his right your ass and say Vegas and six. <laughs> They're doing it on the road, huh? Yeah, man. Oh. Uh, I just think Vegas is the better team, and I think the, the time off is going to hurt the Panthers. I I also have Vegas and six. Um, oh, my. <laughs> see, I thought Matt was going to be the one to pick the Panthers, and I wouldn't feel guilty for my choice here, but here I am. Uh, oh, I got no. I have Vegas and six. And the reason I have Vegas and six is because of exactly what I said. The the con for the for the Panthers is because when it comes to a team that catches lightning in a bottle, once that bottle starts to fail, can you right the ship? I don't think they can. I just don't think they can. Um, wow. Okay, so we all got Vegas. That's all right. I mean, they're the I think they're the odds on favor to win the series. So we're agreeing with the bookies in Vegas. Um, you know so, what that means now, right? We're yeah, fucked. <laughs> yeah, it means the Panthers are probably going to win in five. And it's just yeah. going to be a very anti-dramatic series. The Panthers are pretty much going to run away with the thing. Congrats to them. Good on them, you know? Um, all righty, guys. Unless we got any other pressing NHL news, that's going to do it. All right, everybody. As always, thank you so much for listening. We always appreciate when you guys hit play and listen to our episodes. Uh, again, just a reminder, if you can't tell already, we are making the move to Wednesday evening. So Thursdays will be our post date. Uh, go ahead and follow us on Instagram and Twitter to uh, catch up with that news at OTPP pod on both of those outlets. Uh, we post all of our stuff that's going to be on there. Uh, Adam does a fantastic job managing that for us. Even when he's not on the podcast every week, he still does it for us, which is awesome. Much appreciations to him. Uh, Adam, go ahead and plug the Twitch. Uh, Twitch.tv slash on the power play. Nothing to report. Let's move on. Go railroaders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, give him a choked. Give it a, give, 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 give him a break. <laughs> he did get a second job. He's, he's not yeah. have as much free time as he used to. Um, yeah. but yeah, he does such great things for our social media. So please go follow those at OTPP pod on both intro Instagram and Twitter Instagram. as always. Instagram. Thank you so much for listening and we out. Ooh.